Hey folks, it's Marvin Cash, the host of The Articulate Fly, and we're back with another Matt the Hatch with Matt Green. How you doing, Matt? Hey, how's it going, Marvin? Hope you're doing okay. Yeah, absolutely. Just trying to stay out of trouble. How are you? Doing good. Spending time at the microscope. That We're teaching an aquatic entomology course at Clemson this semester. We teach it every two or three years or so, and we've got students out in the field collecting bugs, so I can report a little bit on what we're seeing here in terms of winter caddisflies today. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you seeing? Well, so we're seeing these caddisflies whose scientific name is Dulophilotus distinctus. They're just the winter caddisflies in the family Philopotamidae. Those are the fingernet caddisflies. And they get their name because their larvae construct these silk nets from silk glands in their mouth parts that look like fingers. And on the end of these nets, these caddisfly larvae construct these individual lines, kind of like a fiddle in a way, right? And then a crisscross on the other side. And so it forms a net that fine particles and detritus are caught normally in moderate to uh, uh, fast current. And that's what they feed on. They just run out, grab things on the net, on that, that mesh, run back in. And a little bit more about the larvae. They tend to be orange-colored, sometimes yellow, with orange-brown heads. And the very interesting color combination uh, and in you know a winter habitat where there isn't much canopy cover and water is typically pretty clear. These things stand out on rocks. And I know trout eat them. I've pumped trout that have eaten them. And you don't really see anglers really fishing these larvae very often. They hug real tight to, to rocks. When you see them kind of walking around on a rock, they are uh, very, very inconspicuous. Um, uh, normally a size uh, 14 to 18 hook if you're going to imitate them. I've used uh, yellow-orange turkey bias uh, before to imitate the bodies. No, just on a curved hook is fine. Yeah, that's interesting. So you wouldn't think about maybe using like an orange-tinted hare's ear or something like that? Uh, you could if you want it more bushy or something like that. But um, the bodies of these larvae are pretty very heavily sclerotized that's what we we call that um i guess the best way to say it is they're water dynamic if you kind of think of aerodynamic you know something that cuts through air their bodies are designed in a way where they cut through water so they can hang out right on the surface of rocks right where uh, something called laminar flow where the flow is either almost zero or very very high and they just sit right there in that flow boundary layer and move along the rocks so you can use something that's bushy but really something that is a little bit more translucent or shiny that's why i like using the the non-rib side of a turkey bias that tends to work well and then you can also imitate segmentation based on the the natural fibers of the bias i mean if you're familiar with bias you're going to have uh, the, the uh, terminal 
tag of the buy it is going to be kind of a very light color, almost a white, versus the other end is going to be the actual color that it's dyed. And so you can use that white color of the bite for segmentation. Now, as, the, as these larvae develop, they'll become pupae and then adults. And then the winter, that's where we're fishing them. And really unique about this species and I'll say this species is also found in the summer, but the bulk of these um, these insects of Dolophilotus distinctus emerge in the winter. The males have brown mottled wings. There's a kind of two types of wings. There's like a, a mottled with brown and then a solid brown. And then the females are actually wingless. It's very interesting. They don't have wings at all. You'll see them crawling on rocks. and You'll be like, what is that caddis pupa? out of the water what is it doing it should have emerged no no that's the female it has emerged that's real interesting and you want to fish these these insects up against substrate uh, rocks boulders riparian edges much like you would the winter stoneflies that we talked about in the previous episode and both the males and the females are going to be a size 16 or so um, there are two kind of related genera to the winter caddisflies that we've uh, we just talked about, chimera, which are the small black spring and fall caddisflies, size 16 to 18 as adults. Uh, larvae look very similar to Dolophilotus distinctus, except for a couple of head differences that we really won't get into. But in the early spring, chimera about the first caddisflies to emerge, and then in the fall, in the you know, mid and late fall, we have Wormaldia, which are these mottled wing adult caddisflies, size 16 to 18. That's a brown mottled wing on that insect. And so, t- two related genera to Dolophilotus distinctus that you might want to know about that, you know, you, you may, you probably never heard before, but you could look up a little bit more information on if you like. I'll provide. Marvin, a, a link to that in his podcast. Yeah, very neat. And I guess, you know, in terms of dry flies, um, elk hair caddis uh, and the appropriate size and color kind of the way to go? Yeah, yeah, elk hair caddis. Uh, you probably heard, if you're around the fly time world, of the X caddis, popular fly over in Europe and the Northeast. I've been fishing these kinds of um, dry flies with a CDC feathers tied in to just tied into a hook with a with a palmered body of either buy it or hackle or um, dubbing of some sort that you know color patterns on the bodies to match whatever insect you're imitating and so those are all very effective as well as the elk hair caddis varieties and just be sure to match your you know your wing coloring and your body coloring to the insect that's emerging that, you know, these trout will get very picky on caddis flies for sure. Yeah. And I guess the trick with the X caddis is it floats a little bit, uh, lower in the kind of the surface film than an elk hair caddis usually does. Right. It can, it can. I will say that the elk hair caddis floats for a little bit longer and more effectively because it wicks water a lot better than CDC does. If you're going to fish CDC flies, you really need to bring something along with you. 
that'll be able to wick the water away uh, between applying a floating like frog spanny, for example, either in between five to 10 casts, you need to reapply. I think a lot of folks don't really apply one enough frog spanny, two, don't get their flies dry enough with something like just a paper towel will work to be quite frank and they don't uh, reapply frog spanny often enough uh, when i take clients out i'm saying oh we need to reapply we got to reapply reapply they'll hear that all the time they probably get tired of it as well but if you keep reapplying and you plot apply enough you're going to be good to go with fishing these x caddisfly adult imitations and I think in my article on Fly Fisherman a couple of years ago, called that the downwing done for the sulfur variation of that. And really all you're doing, it's a constant pattern. You're just changing the CDC color and the abdomen or the, you know, whatever the color of the biot or, or the dubbing or the hackle to imitate the insect that you're fishing. And it'll work for a stonefly, mayfly, or a caddisfly, or even small, small midgets that you might want to imitate as well although we'll talk about those at some point in our podcast Marvin we'll talk about fishing tandem midges with hackle instead of CDC like a size 24 26 hackle midge fish tandem is, is a great way to go when fishing adult midges got it and is that what you want to talk about next time yeah, we'll talk about tandem midges. Yeah. Uh, very effective on tailwaters, particularly South Holston and Watauga, and even some of our delayed harvest streams. And you know, really fishing a um, you know a pretty specialized technique, but, but very effective in March and April, especially on the tailwaters before the big sulfur hatches and in between bluing olive or during blooming all of emergencies hatches. Yeah, and so, you know, folks, if you want to ask Matt a question about fishing midges that way, if you email them to us or send them to us on our Instagram or our Facebook page, uh, we'll be sure to work them into the uh, the next episode of Matt the Hatch. And um, anything else interesting going on before I let you hop? I think you're doing the uh, graduate school thing of getting beers tonight. Anything else you want to share with folks? Oh, not all that much, Marvin just take care of your rivers if you can i appreciate it absolutely folks well listen i appreciate you tuning in and matt i appreciate you making the time tight lines everybody thanks marvin